Jesus today is kind of, you can say, addressing a number of different things. But he's speaking about witness and he's speaking about integrity in being a witness. Remember in my conversion, this is 25 years ago now, uh, working in a restaurant and, and I was sharing my conversion story with most of the other staff in the restaurant. And this one woman who was an evangelical Protestant, practicing evangelical Protestant, I had, everyone wanted to hear my story, so I shared my story with her. And when I was done, she said, well, thank you for giving me your witness. And that was the first time I had heard that phrase used in that way, witness. Thank you for your witness. <clears throat> in meaning in that context that she came from, that a witness is some kind of a powerful gift. So for the Baptists or whatever it was she was, there's no sacraments. And so there's no Eucharist to receive grace or confessions to receive grace kind of thing. So where are they receiving it? Well, it's in the preacher giving witness. It's in the witness of that sermon, more or less. And so that was kind of this first clue for me that, wow, you know, <clears throat> my life shared with others is a witness. And it's a witness that can be used for a great deal of good. Today, Jesus is saying, but when you are a witness, you need to be a witness of integrity. You can't go around saying to somebody who has a splinter in their eye, let me get that out when you've got a plank in your own. Meaning, you can't go around saying to someone else or admonishing someone else in their sin when you yourself are clinging to your own sins. Because it diminishes the power of the witness. It, it undermines the integrity and the credibility of the witness. And when that happens, the witness is just far less effective. And so Jesus is saying these kinds of things. He's saying, you hypocrite, and blah, blah, blah. And he's going on with these different words. He's saying, you know, get yourself in the right place before you share with others. Now, there's a caveat to this. Many of us would say, oh, well, you know what? I'm still a sinner, so I guess I don't need to share my faith with anyone. Well, now that's Satan speaking right there. No, we do need to share our faith with others. And I'll get into that in just a moment. We, we don't get a, you don't have to share your faith because you're a sinner and you're incompetent and you're weakling and you don't know what you do. Therefore, you're dismissed from giving witness. None of us are dismissed from giving witness. Jesus is saying we all must give witness. But we need to do it with integrity. Which means that we've all got to work on ourselves and get ourselves in that place where we can give effective witness. Seven spiritual works of mercy. be a really great thing if everyone just had these memorized, but in my experience, almost no Catholic even knows one of them. Many, many pastors' columns. It's in the welcome packet that you get here, etc. The spiritual works of mercy. Many Catholics can kind of name a few of the corporal works of mercy. Give food to the hungry, shelter the homeless, etc. But what about the spiritual works of mercy? The seven spiritual works of mercy. Well, I will say them here again. <clears throat> Admonish sinners, instruct the ignorant, counsel the doubtful, forgive injuries, bear wrongs patiently, console the sorrowful, pray for the living and the dead. These are the seven. be a really good thing if we had a memorized. And the first of the seven, historically, has been admonished sinners. We'd say, shouldn't instruct the ignorant be first? The answer is no. 
So when the parent sees the child, the little boy thumping on his little brother, they go, stop that, and then, you know, spank him or put him in timeout or whatever, and then tell them not to do that again, instruct them. Admonishing sinners is because we actually know by the laws of our nature what are sins. The cities of Sodom and Gomorrah are destroyed by God because of their sins, and they've never been instructed. They don't have the Ten Commandments. They don't have the Old Testament. They don't have Jesus. How is it that God holds them accountable for their sins? Because he wrote the commandments on their hearts. And so admonishing sinners is the very first of the spiritual works of mercy. And so when we say, well, I've got an adult child and they don't go to Mass anymore and they blah, 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 but they're adults, it's not my business to... Actually, it is our business. It is our business at least to say, you know, here's the truth. And we're all going to die and stand before God and the truth. And our whole life is going to be laid out before us. And it would be really nice for you, just in a very selfish way, to change that behavior, let alone to do it for the good of other people. That's a spiritual work of mercy. That's a spiritual work of mercy, something that we should think about doing, because it's what God wants us to do. All right. So, but here's this thing. It's hard for me, if I'm like sleeping around, to tell someone else, you know, you really shouldn't sleep around. They're like, what are you talking about? You do it all the time. It's like, yeah. Well, that's true, but you still shouldn't. And they look at you like, okay, I'll stop when you stop. You can see how just the witness is profoundly undermined. So in our own lives, you know, when we see somebody being a jerk, let's look at how we're a jerk. So I'm just going to go through these seven spiritual works of mercy again and apply them to me. So, have I admonished myself in my own sins? I should. If I've got sins, I should go, Thomas, you've got sins. You've got to work on that. You've got to go to confession. You've got to work on that. What are the things you're going to have to change about your life to overcome that sin in your life? Admonish me. That's where it begins. Instruct me. Well, what more do I need to know about blah, blah, blah in order for me to effectively go to this next place? So I guess I'm going to need to get out the Bible or get out the Catechism of the Catholic Church or look something up online. I need to instruct myself because I'm ignorant. Counsel the doubtful. So when I'm in doubt about whether I should choose the right or the wrong, I should counsel myself to choose the right, even though it's going to be harder in the short term than the wrong thing, which in the long term is going to lead us down the wrong path. Forgive injuries, but I hope they'll forgive me. Really? Have I forgiven everyone? Am I still holding a grudge against anyone? So I, I better forgive before I can hope somebody else to forgive me. I better see my own wrongs in what I've done to other people before I can say, they should forgive. I should be able to see where I've hurt others through what I've done or failed to do. Bear wrongs patiently. I have a lot of weaknesses, and I've discovered that I can't overcome them overnight. They seem to take a lifetime in some cases to overcome. And instead of being frustrated with myself or beating myself up or just giving up on myself, Well, all of that would be of the devil. 
I need to recognize my weaknesses, work on overcoming them, and bear them patiently through the rest of my life. Not ignoring them, dismissing them as if they don't matter. They do matter. It's just that I can't seem to overcome them right now. But I should not throw them away. I need to bear them, carry them. Console the sorrowful when I'm sad, when I am in despair. Do I encourage myself? Or do I just go down in a spiral into that darkness? Or do I say, whoa, wait a minute, wait a minute. It'll be better. You're going to die and go to heaven. The whole world is passing away. This too will be overcome. Either shortly or in the long run, it too will be overcome. Finally, praying for the living and the dead. Praying for myself. Praying for myself just to do the previous six things. Dear God, please give me the grace to overcome my sins. Please give me the grace to be informed about what I need to say and do and and know. To counsel me, to forgive me, to forgive others, to bear wrongs patiently, etc. And so performing the spiritual works of mercy on me to begin with, it makes it It makes me a better person, which in turn helps me to share those spiritual works of mercy with you and others. All right, so here's this next thing. I cannot excuse myself from trying to practice the spiritual works of mercy on others because I'm not entirely there yet. I can't do that. I'm a sinner. I'm a great sinner. I'm a great sinner. And I would say, well, because I'm a great sinner, I have no right to be a priest. I have no, I shouldn't be up there preaching at all. Shouldn't be doing any of that. You're a hypocrite. And I raise my hand and say, guilty as charged. I am. I'm a sinner. And I'm telling you to be and to do things that I myself have not completely arrived at. I'm a hypocrite. So should I just zip my mouth and sit down? Well, wouldn't that leave a thousand people orphaned? It would. And so the Lord tells me, despite your sins and your failings and your patheticness, you get up there and do my bidding. And then I say to the Lord, I don't really want to, Lord. I don't want to. And then the Lord would say, and all 1,000 of them have their excuses too for not lifting a finger to help another person in their moral and spiritual life. So you get up there and lead by example. Be my hypocrite. So here I am. I'm his hypocrite. Which gets me to this final point. The word integrity. Integrity. I remember when I was a transitional deacon, this is like 18 years ago now, we were in the strip mall, I was at Mount Angel my last year, I'd drive up on the weekend, and I'd preach once a month, Father Mitchell loved it, because he got a weekend where he didn't have to preach, and he was always the nervous type, so he was writing out his homily word for word, you know, kind of crinkling the paper and kind of thing. So when I was preaching, he, I could just see his feet dangling on that presider's chair like, <laughs> and I was sweating bullets just starting out. 
And I remember, I think it was the very end. I was saying goodbye to everyone. My year was over and I was going to be ordained. I was on my way. Or maybe I was ordained and I came back as a priest and I had said Mass and I gave the homily there for the last time. But a bunch of people were, were congratulating me and thanking me, etc. And this one woman came up to me and she said, um, I forget the words that she said, but basically it came down to this, that there is a sincerity to what you say. It's not really so much what you say, it's that I could sense such great sincerity. And that itself has been a powerful witness for me. In my last year, Father Mitchell had to write an evaluation of me, and he brought that up too. He said, Thomas is earnest. He's earnest. And I never heard somebody use that word with me, you know, earnest. And I, I thought, yeah, I think I am. That I'm honest. I'm honest with myself and with you. I try to be a person of integrity. And there's something powerful about that. Failure that I am. Colossal failure that I am. There's something powerful in being able to stand in front of people and say, I'm a failure just like you. But I and you need to try. And by the grace of God, God can work miracles through me and through you. Despite ourselves. But as Jesus says today, Take the plank out of your own eye and then be my witness and the rest will be up to him. So be the the witness our Lord wants us to be because others need us to be our Lord's witness to them.